Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter, and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business, and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast. Today's episode is a little bit of a fun share. I'm opening up my recruitment diary and I'm sharing with you some of the tales of the wackiest, the most interesting, the weirdest, the funniest interviews that I've experienced. Because as many of you may know, but perhaps some of you don't know, before I started my own recruitment business, so before I started my own recruitment and HR consulting business back in 2010, I actually worked as a corporate recruiter, which means that I was recruiting for big businesses with really big budgets. And I did that for about five years. And the other day I was sitting down thinking about, I wonder how many people I've actually interviewed. And I guessed it was probably a couple of thousand, but it made me sit down and actually try and work it out and try and do the maths. So I started as a corporate recruiter back in about 2005. And to be honest, I had to check my LinkedIn profile to check that day, that year, I should say, because it's so long ago, right? And that means that I have been interviewing, running interviews in a corporate recruitment professional capacity for 17 years, which is a pretty long time. And when I sat down to do the maths, when I was in that corporate recruiting role, we probably had to interview anywhere between five and 20 people a week. I did the maths using five people a week to make it nice and conservative. So five people a week for five years, that's two and a half thousand people right there. And then when I started my own own HR consulting business back in 2010, We were teaching people how to recruit by actually going on site and doing the recruitment process, showing them how to run an interview. So we were running interviews for people there. So maybe I was interviewing another like five people per month there for five years. So that's another 250. And plus, of course, I've hired in the last 12 years of my own businesses. So the three businesses I've started in 12 years, I've probably hired about 50 people. And to be able to hire 50 people, you typically need to interview three times as many. So maybe I've interviewed another 150 people there. Add it all up, we're getting close to 3,000 people, which is a lot, right? That is a lot of people to have interviewed. That is a lot of experience interviewing people. So it got me thinking about all the weird, the wacky, the strange, the funny, and the surprising things that have happened over all these years, and also the huge pool of normality, which normally happens when you're interviewing somebody. And it's all these experiences, so these standout weird experiences, as well as these very normal experience that has shaped the hiring process that I now teach through my signature program, Hiring Mastery. So today's episode is a little bit of a share of some of these interesting and funny experiences that I've had as somebody who has been on the interviewing side for the last 17 years. And of course, the lessons that I learned along the way so that you can actually take that lesson and you can start to apply that 
next time you need to hire as well. So let's dive in, let's have a little bit of fun and let's hear some tales from my recruitment diary. So I'm going to start with the time that I was interviewing somebody in Starbucks. So part of my role as a corporate recruiter was to meet lots and lots of people at all different stages of their interest in finding a job. So some people were really, really keen to find jobs and new roles, in which case, you know, they would come to our office and, you know, would make it really easy for us. Some other people were sort of just a little bit interested, but, you know, not very warm and only really wanted to be contacted if the right role came along. And so for those sort of people, we would often go to them. So I would go to meet them at lunchtime, before work, after work, etc. So I used to spend a lot of time in coffee shops running around the place. So this particular time that I'm talking about, I was interviewing a potential candidate, a potential applicant, and getting to know him and his experience. And we were sitting down over a cup of coffee in Starbucks. So I had his CV out in front of me and I was reading it and he was telling me about his experience, you know, what he likes to do, what he can do. It was going into lots of details and talking about, you know, everything that he wanted in a new role. When suddenly his manager walked in and joined us, sat down at the table with us. I, of course, closed my folder, hid his CV and looked at my applicant in surprise because, of course, I didn't know who this person was. So the applicant has then said to me, oh, this is my manager so-and-so, and he said to him, would you like to join us? And, of course, he has said, yes, I will. Would anybody like a coffee? And he's popped up to the counter to go and buy himself a coffee to join us. How uncomfortable is that? So as he walked away, the candidate said to me, you need to pretend to be my girlfriend. Of course, I looked at him and said, what? What do you mean? And he said, well, I don't want my boss to know that, you know, that you're a recruiter. You need to pretend that I'm, I'm your girlfriend. And I said to him, okay, okay, I can do that. How did we meet? We went to university together. And I was like, no, no, I'm Australian. And we're over here in, in London and, and you're English. That's not going to work. And he said, okay, we met in a pub. And I was like, okay. And his manager sat back down and joined us. And I had to spend the next half an hour making small talk, pretending to be this guy's girlfriend. Now, the lesson here that we can all learn from this is that it's really important that you run your interviews in a place where you're not going to get interrupted. It's really important when you're interviewing somebody that you take into consideration almost the risk or the privacy that they need to be able to relax, to be able to share with you the information that you need. And ultimately, you need to be able to get the information that you need to be able to make a hiring decision about the person. So naturally, I had to arrange a new time to meet with that person to go through to get all the information that I couldn't end up getting. And we decided that an in-office meeting was definitely more appropriate. So that's the first surprising and wacky situation that I wanted to share with you today. Nearly got myself a boyfriend, but I wasn't looking for one at the time in London. Okay, so I want to share with you a second situation, which was definitely a little bit wacky. And that was when we were hiring an IT salesperson to work for one of my clients. So this is when I had my first business. It was a little bit more of a traditional HR consulting business. And one of the things that we did was we used to go on site and actually run the interviews for our clients. We would, And through that process, they were learning how to do interviews. You know, we were doing all the administration and supporting them. Now, I just teach people how to run the interviews. But back then, originally back in sort of 2010, 2012, we would actually go on site and run the interviews. Now, this is actually an experience that somebody on my team had. 
So she went on site to our client, four to five people coming in, and she was hiring, supporting the client to hire an IT salesperson, an IT business development person. So they needed to have really great sales experience. They needed to be really communicative. They needed to be really friendly. They needed to be able to chat build relationships, et cetera, et cetera. But they also needed to know a little bit about IT technology and software. So part of the hiring process, part of the interview process we created for this client included a test. Now, in my hiring mastery process, you will hear me talk about how important it is that you test the skill that you know that you need the person to have. So if they need to know something in a certain amount of detail, they need to know something really specifically, you test it. So here this person is doing so well at interview. They're really, really enjoying chatting to him. You know, he's got lots of charisma. He's got lots of sales experience. He's building a great relationship with them. He's ticking all the boxes. So they get to the stage and when they say to him, okay, we just want want you to do a little bit of a test. It's pretty standard. We get everybody to do it. We'll give you a little bit of a quiet space and it'll show us a little bit about, you know, your software and your technical knowledge. So they found him a quiet space in the corner and they said, look, take about 20 minutes to do this test. There you go. The next thing we look up, they look up and they see this guy is leaving the building. So they've run over to him and they've said, why, what, are you okay? What's going on? And he said, oh no, I need to leave because I've got a family emergency and he's run away. He never called back. And when they looked at the test, he couldn't even answer the first question. So it was really, really interesting because they were going to offer this person the job. Everything else, he was ticking every single box But if they hadn't put that technical test in front of him, then they would never have known if he could actually do what he said he could do. He could talk the talk, but he didn't actually have the depth of experience that they needed, that they wanted, and that he was saying that he was having. And the only way to find that out is to do a test. And when he realized, I guess, that he was going to be found out, he decided to exit stage left and run away and say he had a family emergency. So that is definitely one of the wacky experiences that we have had that I have been involved in. And it's a huge lesson for all of us. So if you want to know if somebody can really do the job, if you want to know if somebody's lying, if you want to know if somebody truly has the specific knowledge or skills that you need, you have to test it. You can test it through actually doing a specific test like that, like saying literally like 10, 20 questions, whatever feels appropriate to you, or you can test it through scenarios and conversations. Okay, the third situation that I want to share with you is when we had to do a little bit of a covert operation. I was working with an investment bank and they wanted to do a bulk hire. So they wanted to hire about 10 to 15 people. So basically they were going through this huge period of growth and they basically came to me and said, bring me as many fantastic people as you can and we will hire them. We don't have a lot of time. We're hugely busy. We're hugely short on time, so we want you to run all the interviews in a group way on one or two evenings. So it was a huge opportunity, very, very exciting opportunity that they brought to me. So I sat down and I thought about it and I think, okay, so I'm hiring experienced people who are already in jobs. They're not going to want to come and sit in the room like they are graduates. They're not going to want everybody to know that they are going for a job. So we need to do this in a way that maintains and holds their privacy, but gets you the outcome that you need. So concentrated people. So the way we facilitated that was we brought 30 people in on the one night and we had arranged 30 private rooms 
in the building, so in the investment bank. And we had to get each candidate, each applicant to come in without seeing anybody else, get them into a room, and then they would meet three to four different hiring managers and we had to coordinate all of this. And then we had to get them out of the building without seeing anybody. So it was quite the covert operation of moving so many people in and out of a building, coordinating it. And the reason it really stands out to me, and I want to share this with you today, is because it is important to protect and support an applicant's need for privacy. So like that situation in Starbucks, they won't necessarily want everybody to know that they're applying. So depending on the type of role that you might be hiring, think about what you're asking the person to do. Think about how you're asking them to apply and make sure it supports the current role that the person's in because you don't want to stop somebody from applying for you simply because they're not willing to risk their current role or risk their, their current boss or their manager knowing that they're even interested or applying until further down the track. So that was the second one I want to share with you, and that is our covert operation where we supported the client to hire probably about 15 people. I think it was 10 to 15 people they would have hired from that operation, and we managed to get 30 people in and out of the building without seeing anybody, without recognizing anybody to support and facilitate the privacy that they needed. Okay, so I want to share with you a really interesting situation. So I was working with a client and again, I was on site with them and I was supporting them to run some interviews for a general kind of management position, I guess, that we were hiring. So we had three people that we were bringing in that day. And what we would do is people would come in, they would wait outside at a nice little coffee table, you know, with a chair, and they would sit there and they would wait until they were, we were ready. And then I'd invite them into the room. Now, this particular, this particular candidate took the opportunity whilst he was waiting in the room to mark up and fully critique a marketing brochure that was sitting there on the coffee table. So he got out his red pen, which he must have just happened to have in his pocket, and he was changing words. He was putting commentary about the way the brochure had been laid out, and he was sharing his opinion. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but in this case, he was not being interviewed for his marketing knowledge. He was not being invited to share his marketing knowledge. And in fact, through that process, unfortunately, and by doing that, he somewhat offended one of the people that were interviewing him who in fact had signed off that brochure and thought it was fantastic. So the learning here is when you are interviewing somebody, when you're taking somebody through your hiring process, you want to observe everything that they're doing, not just the way they're answering the question. For example, you want to see how they apply for their role. Do they follow your specific instructions? You know, what's their spelling like? What's their grammar like? How casual or formal are they writing that email to you? When they come, if you're interviewing them physically, when they come to your building, what are they like? How friendly are they? How much do they smile? What do they do? And, you know, in this case, this is something that he chose to proactively do, which he thought was great, but that action showed us that he wasn't the right fit for the role. And, of course, he went through a full interview, wasn't the standout candidate from that perspective, but I guess the learning here is look at your whole experience with the person and consider all the little bits of information that you're gathering as all the information that's coming into a pool and then you make a decision from that pool of information about the person. 
Okay, another situation I want to share is when I was interviewing somebody and I had my questions, I had my layout, I had my structure of what I was planning to ask them and run them through. And what they actually did was they tried to take control of the interview. So they were sort of flipping the questions around and trying to interview me. And in turn, they were trying to avoid answering the questions, avoid actually sharing their own knowledge or experience or giving me any insight into them by continuing to ask me questions about the business, me questions about my opinion on things, me questions about where I was taking the business, what I wanted to do, et cetera, et cetera. So in that case, what really helped was by having an interview structure, having a specific structure, which I knew that I was going to be following with the candidate. And the secret here is to let the person know upfront what that structure actually is. And that is the secret to staying in control. You want to run a structured interview and an ideal structure has a couple of different parts. You obviously have your small talk and your introduction at the beginning. You also explain to them the structure. You ask them a bunch of questions. You assess them. You give them the opportunity to ask questions and then you explain some more about the role. So, you know, quite a structured flow, I guess. So when the person was flipping the questions back at me and asking me lots of questions, I started to lose control and it's hard to get that control back. And what that made me realize was, ah, I haven't explained to this person the way this interview is going to flow. And that really shaped the importance and certainly reiterated the importance of that part of hiring. So now at the very beginning of every single interview, and this is what I teach my clients, is you tell the person what they can expect from you. You tell them, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm going to take lots of notes. I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask questions. And then I'm going to explain to you a little bit more about the role. How does that sound? So if somebody starts asking you questions when you're in that stage of actually, I'm still asking you questions, you're able to go, thank you. That's a great question. Let's park that for later and we'll go back to it. And suddenly you're back in control. Another time I want to share with you is actually when I was being interviewed. And this is when I originally went over to London. So this is before I actually became a corporate recruiter. One of the things that I did was go for interviews myself. So I actually was being interviewed for a role and the interview lasted for two and a half hours. So I was stuck in one room for two and a half hours while the person who was interviewing me would spend about 20 to 30 minutes with me and then they'd go away and they would get somebody else and they'd come and spend 20 to 30 minutes with me. And this was obviously their process was that they liked you to meet lots and lots of different people who would ask you lots and lots of different questions and form different opinions, I guess, on whether you're suitable for them. Great concept. Nothing wrong with that. However, for me, as the candidate, it left me sitting there having no idea how much longer this was going to go for, no idea when I was going to get a loo break, no idea, you know, whether this was going to be a one hour, two hour, three hour interview. So there wasn't enough information given to me, which contributed to my nerves, made me feel anxious and probably left me feeling or maybe appearing a little bit distracted because let's face it, I would have been looking at my watch. So the lesson here is we need to always be really respectful of the person we're interviewing's time. So let them know how long you think the interview is going to go for at the beginning of the interview when you are introducing the structure. So I expect we're going to meet today for about 45 to 60 minutes. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and you can ask some questions. I'm going to explain to you about the role and we'll see how we go. Is 60 minutes okay with you? Is that about right? Because remembering the person might be on a lunch break. 
They might have someone looking after their kids. They may have pulled over in the car and are having a conversation with you or having a Zoom meeting from somewhere. It's really important that we consider and take into account that this is a two-sided process. So the other person's situation is just as important as the amount of information that we want to gather from the person. So always be respectful of somebody's time and let them know what to expect from you during the time together. Two more I'd like to share with you. This is one of the sweetest interviews that I have conducted, and that is when I was interviewing a secretary to actually work for me. And if you have ever been interviewed by me, or if you are ever interviewed by me, or if you're one of my clients, you'll know that one of the opening questions that I recommend is that you just ask a lovely general question like, I've obviously read your application and your CV. Thanks for completing that for me. I'd love it if you could just reintroduce yourself to me. Tell me a little bit about you, what you've done and what brings you to apply for this role. Just a lovely, beautiful, open questions like that to I always recommend starting with. The reason is that it allows both parties to just settle in. It's nice and easy. It doesn't take too much thought on either side. Now, the reason this is one of the sweetest interviews that I've ever done is that this person, Anna, answered in the most beautiful honest, sweet way. And she told, started to tell me this big, lovely, long story about how she'd broken up with her boyfriend, how that was making her feel, what that was doing to her, and went off on this lovely, long tangent about her personal circumstances, which was very sweet, but obviously not quite what I was looking for. So what I did was I guided her back and I said, great, okay, I'm sorry to hear about that. Would you like to tell me a little bit about your work experience, what you've done before and what brings you to apply for this role? Now, the interesting thing here and the reason I'm sharing this is I ended up hiring Anna and she ended up being a fantastic hire for my team. So this is when I was a corporate recruiter and she actually got promoted three times. So I hired her as a secretary She then got promoted to being a candidate manager, eventually a consultant, and eventually a manager. So she actually lasted, I guess, in that business longer than I did. Now, the reason I hired her and the reason I'm sharing this with you is that it would have been very easy for me to take that first impression Oh, she likes to tell, you know, long stories, is very focused on her personal life. And, you know, she, she likes to tell stories with quite a little bit of drama as well. And that's not what I was looking for. Maybe, she, you know, it would have been very easy for me to form a lot of negative first impressions about that. You know, she's, she's not focused. She's not, you know, going to do the job. She's not going to focus on the task. She's not thinking about work, et cetera, et cetera. But what I did was park any of those initial feelings, give her space and grace and think maybe she's just a little bit nervous. That's okay. And follow my rule, which is always run through a full interview process with everybody who you've invited to an interview because first impressions may not always be the right impression. So I continued through my normal interview process with her and she relaxed, settled down, shared with me information I needed to know and showed me an amazing amount of potential. And in fact, that initial sweet wearing her heart on her sleeve, honest response that she gave me was actually very true to her character as well. It ended up being a really fantastic attribute to have in the future relationship building roles that she was promoted into. So that lovely, sweet experience, which I used to tease her about, to be honest, it's a lovely reminder that we don't want to form opinions too soon. And we always want to run through the whole interview process with anybody who has taken the time to come to an interview with us. It's respectful 
and it's robust and it allows you to truly compare apples with apples if everybody gets asked the same question. Okay, the last situation that I want to share with you here before I wrap up is a time when I was recruiting for a Russian bank. That was very cool. I had to fly to Russia to meet the people over at the bank. I got picked up at an airport in a black Mercedes with blacked out windows and I was whizzed through the streets at very, very, very fast speed. It was very exciting. It was very thrilling. But it was my mandate to find somebody who was willing to work in a dual role and that is spending some time in London and some time in Russia. And they also needed to be able to speak Russian and have a lot of really specific experience to the region and to the industry that was relevant to this particular bank. And I guess I'm sharing this because it was a little bit of a fun story and it's quite possibly the coolest work trip that I've ever been on, but also as a lovely reminder that there is always a match for your criteria out there, regardless of how specific that you want to make your hiring criteria. It sometimes just takes a little bit longer to find the right person. You need to spread your advertising net You need to get the message out a little bit wider to make sure it gets in front of the right type of people who have the right type of experience for you. So I guess the lesson and the reminder here is that it doesn't matter how specific it is, the person you're looking for, it doesn't matter if you don't know where or if that type of person exists. If you are really clear on what you need and you've got true business reasons for needing certain things, you can always find the person. You just need to have a little bit more time and you just need to do a little bit more digging, I guess, about where to actually put your advertisement, where to put your message in front and where to put it so it gets in front of the right person. So that is my eight wacky interesting experiences that I wanted to share with you. And to be honest, I really had to rack my brains to think beyond a couple, which were really front of mind for me. And what that tells me and what I want to share with you is that the majority of people don't lie. They don't run away at interview when you're trying to get them to do a technical test. They don't try and flip the interview and take control and start asking you a million questions. They don't, you know, ask you out on a date and ask you to try and pretend to be their girlfriend in Starbucks. The majority of interviewing is reasonably normal. But what I did and have learned from all my time and my thousands of interviewing is that some people are really good at interviewing and some people are really good at their job. Some people are really good at their job, but not really good at interviewing. Some people are really good at interviewing and they're not good at their job. And it's your job as the interviewer, it's your role to dig around and work out the difference and hire the person who is right for your role in your business, not just the person who seems really good at talking in the interview, especially if you're hiring somebody who is newly graduated or newly educated in some way. They've come out some sort of program or certification or something like that. It's quite likely that they may have had some sort of interviewing you know, or career element as part of that program. So they may appear particularly more polished 
or the total opposite. You might be talking to somebody who has never really been for an interview, is not that great at communicating or being interviewed in the structured way which you'll be interviewing, and they may not appear great in the interview, but actually they could well be very good for your job. Having an objective hiring process helps both you and them shine. It'll help you in your role of interviewer and it will help them in their role to share information which will require them to relax, to tell it how it is and to show you their skills. So by having a structured and objective hiring process, it will support you and them and it will show you if there's anything weird or wacky sitting under the surface that you need to know. Okay, so let's wrap up now really quickly by just summarizing those lessons again from those eight experiences that I have shared today. And these are lessons that you can take right now and apply to your next hiring experience. Do a technical test. Absolutely. If there is some technical knowledge, if there's some depth of knowledge or some depth of skill that you know that the person needs to have and that forms part of your must-have hiring criteria, you have to test it. You cannot just cross your fingers and hope the person isn't lying or that their experience is relevant enough to be right for you. You absolutely have to test it. So that's a big one. Respect your applicant's privacy. It's a beautiful thing that they've reached out to you to show interest in your role and respect their privacy, respect their timeframes. And yes, of course, you want them to interview you at a time in a way that suits you, but know that it's a two-sided process and actually, you know, be really grateful that they've taken the time to apply and to show interest in your business. Make sure you allow for nerves and for people to settle in to the interview process and know that they may not be great at interviewing, but they may still be great at the job. Look at everything the person does from the moment that they're introducing themselves to you through the application process and everything they do from there on in. How are they applying? What's the language they're using? How are they following you up? Are they being pushy? Are they being a bit aggressive? Are they being really polite but firm? How do they show up in the actual interview? Are they on time? Are they a few minutes late? Do they look polished? Are they presented in the way you want them to? And in addition to all those things, what are they saying and what are the specifics that they're telling you about what they can and can't do? Notice if somebody isn't letting you run the interview. Notice if somebody is trying to take control. Notice if somebody is choosing to not really listen properly, if they're more interested in talking rather than listening, because this is what they're going to be like when they're working for you. Definitely choose an appropriate and private place to interview, which may not be Starbucks. Tell the person how long that you're going to take and what they can expect from the interview process from you and always be respectful of their time. And finally, just sometimes we get to do cool things. And if you ever get invited to go to Russia, I really recommend you go. So if you would like to learn more about my signature hiring process, you are very welcome to jump over onto the waitlist. The next round is happening in September and you can jump on the waitlist to be the first to access all the early bird bonuses and whatnot. And you can get more information about that program at paulamains.com forward slash hiring hyphen mastery. I'll pop that link in the show notes. Or if you have a hiring requirement and you want to make sure that you get this hire right and you want to have a beautiful structured process that will support you to make a really great decision and you'd like some support in actually working out, well, what is my must-have criteria? What do you mean by that? What should I be testing? How am I going to test it? Then reach out to me because we can absolutely chat about working together privately if you're looking to do something before September. Today's episode has definitely been a little bit different. I hope you found it interesting. I would love to hear what you think. Tell me which of these funny little situations you 
you liked the most and I'll be back here next week. <laughs>